Welcome back to Dogs on Top, the podcast about the Georgia MBA, Athens, and the University of Georgia. I'm your host, Deirdre Kane, and I'm recording this episode during week 12 of sheltering in place and working from home. As a matter of fact, you will hear my mantle clock disrupting things partway through. But before we begin, I want to acknowledge that we are all living through strange, stressful, and difficult times right now because of the continuing impact of the pandemic and the protests and civil unrest we are experiencing across the country following the death and murder of George Floyd. We have a lot to mourn, and I feel strange doing this podcast today as if it is a regular Monday when it is not. But that said, the purpose of this podcast is to bring the program to you, and so we will continue to do that. And today we're going to focus on the Nonprofit Board Fellows Program. An MBA experience is what you make of it. I hear this often from our students. As MBA program staff, one of the things we do is provide the programming and opportunities that enable our students to have the experience they want. So to tell this story, I've invited my colleague, Andrew Salinas, who developed and manages the program, and two of our recently graduated students, Jillian Farr and Rob Grabowski. Hi, I'm Andrew Salinas. I work in the Career Management Center, and I'm also an alumnus of the program. I graduated with my MBA in 2016. Um, I'm also active in the Athens community. I've chaired a couple boards myself, um, so, so I'm not sending these students into something that, that I would not also put myself into. <laughs> right now, I chair the Athens Cultural Affairs Commission, which is the city's public arts board. Thank you. Anyone else? Who's next? So my name is Rob Grabowski. I uh, just graduated from the MBA program. So I graduated with a 2020 class. Uh, and during the MBA, I concentrated on business analytics and um, social innovation, uh, two really cool concentrations that I recommend for anyone uh, that they get into if they come into the MBA program. Uh, before coming to the MBA though, I worked as a consultant, uh, leadership consultant for my fraternity for two years. And now that I'm finishing up the MBA, I'm actually going to go start working for Home Depot uh, in their internal consulting rotational program, which I'm quite excited about, um, starting here in uh, a little bit more than a month. So that's me. Hi, I'm Jillian Farr. I am also a recent graduate, class of 2020. Um, I also did my undergrad at UGA, so I am super excited to be a double dog. Um, before coming back to school, I worked in marketing for a telecom company for several years, um, first in Alpharetta, and then I was in Denver for several years. Um, and I concentrated in marketing at, for my MBA as well, did my um, MBA internship at Microsoft in product marketing um, last summer, and we'll be heading to Atlanta after the program. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Okay. Um, thank you both, or all three of you. So I just realized something, though. Um, we have Jillian as a double dog, but I believe someone else on this call went to Alabama, and so I hope that's <laughs> okay for both of you, and that's going to work out okay today. It's yes, absolutely, <laughs> it is okay. Um, oh, and someone else grew up in Alabama. Oh, right. I also grew up, this is Andrew, grew up in Alabama, went to the University of Alabama for my undergrad as well. Yes. So, Andrew, today I'd like to start off the conversation by talking about how the Nonprofit Board Fellows Program gets started, because I know this was your idea and you seeded the whole thing and you're managing it. Um, so what did you do to get it started? Who do we work with? Uh, what are our goals for our students and the organizations they serve? 
And anything else that you want to add for context? So in, in a lot of ways, this got started um, from my own experience in the MBA program. Um, Athens is a target-rich environment. There's a lot of opportunity here. Um, one unvetted statistic that we say about Athens is that we have more nonprofits per capita than any other place in the United States. It is a thing people say. I'm not sure if that's a true statement <laughs> or not, but it's repeated enough that, that it um, people say it with certainty around here. Um, and, and so, you know, when I was an MBA student, I spent a lot of time volunteering with a singular organization to meet my MBA service hours requirement. So in a lot of ways, the, the mechanism was already here. Um, so, so all MBA students have a 50 hours service hours requirement. And if you participate in nonprofit board fellows, you don't have to tally your hours. It is assumed you'll go above and beyond that, that minimum 50 hour requirement. But, but I think it's a more sophisticated way to meet the service hours requirement in a way that is more meaningful. So when I went through the program, I spent my time uh, volunteering with the Athens Latino Center, an organization that provided um, low cost GED education for those needing to meet their um, DACA, their Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals requirement to, to remain in good status there. And then I went on to serve as, as chair of that board once I graduated from the program and, and stayed in town. And, and so th there's another reason why I started this initiative, and this is based on my own experience as a graduate, that there aren't really enough working professionals to go around in Athens to organically staff and power these boards to the extent that they should. So I met with a few local nonprofit leaders to kind of pitch this idea. Eventually they, they called in their board members and I had lunch with them too. You know, this is such a small town that I really think it only took three lunch meetings to really get this off the ground. Um, and, and then based on those three lunch meetings, we had eight or 10 organizations participating in our first year. We've since grown board fellows to, to where there are now 17 organizations that are participating or have participated. You know, it's risky. You know, we did not invent board fellows here at the University of Georgia. There are other MBA programs that have been doing this for a while. This is something that started at Stanford in the 90s. And, and like a lot of things that start at the coast, it, it took a while to work its way down south. But of the 14 SEC schools, only Vanderbilt and the University of Georgia have an MBA board fellows initiative. So, so we are truly unique there. And that, that's pretty much how, how it got started. It was risky for a board to have students serving um, alongside the board members, but there's such a need here. And, and uh, MBAs in Athens have demonstrated their value before. So with a lot of these local nonprofit leaders, they knew what our students could do. Um, so, so that mitigated the risk somewhat for them. Um, and then as we were a year and, and two into this initiative, it, it grew organically from there. All right. And so for, you know, Rob and Jillian, you, you sat on um, two boards, each of you a different one. Um, and so I'd like to hear a little more specifically about each of your engagements, um, what that experience was like for you, what you were able to sort of do with and for the organization. Um, so I'll start with you, um, Rob, and then we'll, we'll go to Jillian. But Rob, tell me about what, what you did. 
Yeah, so I um, had the opportunity to work with the Foundation for Excellence in Public Education in Clark County, Georgia, Athens, Clark County, Georgia. So it's a mouthful. And one of the first things I, when I got in there, I was like, maybe you guys should shorten the name. Um, but they actually call themselves FFE. So they have shortened it. That's kind of their branding. Um, but their main purpose is to recognize excellence in uh, public school educators uh, in the athens Clark County dist- School District. So what the foundation, uh, the uh, FFE does, is that they, they recognize excellence in uh, athens Clark County um, school educators. And so really what they have is um, uh, these endowment funds that they will uh, award to excellent teachers in the county each year uh, and recognize them at their award ceremony that they put on. So when I was going through the application process, I saw um, that it was an education-based nonprofit, and that's something that I'm uh, passionate about. I believe that education is uh, a place, not necessarily a silver bullet for fixing a lot of problems, but I mean, I think it is something if we can uh, improve the education system across the United States, then we can have a huge impact on people's lives. And I think the foundation uh, has done that, especially in athens Clark County. So I was drawn from to them from the beginning um, and through the application process got involved, thankfully. Uh, and it's actually kind of funny. It turned out that the executive director uh, had worked at the University of Alabama, my undergrad. Um, and so that was kind of a cool connection. Um, but for them, my work uh, really uh, was involved with um, technology. So I was able to help bring them probably a couple years forward from a technology perspective. They had just recently uh, set up their form system to receive applications for their awards. Uh, and that was kind of their first uh, step into technology. And from that process, and they, you know, they had the uh, the inertia already going. I kind of took the next step and helped them build out an entirely new website. Uh, so my entire term, my tenure with the foundation, was spent developing and building um, their new website via Wix.com, and that has actually transitioned into. Uh, their new MBA board fellow who is helping to take them even further uh, into the technology world by uh, applying Kaleidoscope, which is kind of a um, it's a third party system for collecting award applications and assessing them um, and then spitting out the results for you. So uh, they're, they're bringing that in. The next MBA fellow is going to help out with that. So through my experience, I mean, one, I got the opportunity to help an organization implement a new technology, which uh, was interesting. I mean, it had a lot of, I think, parallels with technology consulting and that I had to sit down with a lot of the stakeholders from the organization, the, the nonprofit board, and understand what they needed and what they did not need. And then um, how do I apply a technology to create their website that would be the best? So there was kind of a discovery phase for how do I create the website? Which website do I use? And then how do I then take uh, the one that I chose and instill the same type of mission and values within the website uh, to make it uh, seem like it was the FFE website, you know? Um, so that was a really cool piece of it. And then secondly, so I guess that was the main business uh, experiential piece that I got from uh, working with them. But secondly, I think I learned even more about how impactful a nonprofit can be on edu- on an education system in Athens-Clarke County. I mean, that was 
During the award ceremony specifically, I was able to see the impact that the foundation had on these teachers with the, you know, say $500 they were given. Um, at a lot of these public school systems, these teachers don't have much of a budget, if any. And so the, the, the money that the foundation was able to give to them was able to take the teachers and, and help them do so much more, buying you know supplies for their students to do new activities and crafts and um, you know helping eventually at the very bottom of it, the students to uh, improve their education experience. And I thought that that was one of the coolest things. And, and getting to work with the executive director, I kind of got to um, understand her mission and why she's doing it. Um, she was like one of the sweetest ladies ever and, uh, helped me out a lot with some other things. She gave me lunch one time and I, she was kind of like my mom away from home, which was pretty awesome. Um, so, uh, overall it was an incredible experience and I learned, I learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, to continue kind of talking about, um, impacting education and, um, my, the organization I was a board fellow for was Books for Keeps. Um, so Books for Keeps works to improve children's reading achievement by addressing barriers related to um, the accessibility and appeal of reading material. So we give books to children whose opportunities outside of school might otherwise be limited due to factors like income or geography. They may not have access um, to a public library um, and getting there during this during the summer. So really to prevent what's called summer slide. Um, and so the organization actually started as uh, a grassroots effort to provide books to second graders at one elementary school in Athens. Um, but as of this past school year, so the 2019-2020 school year, um, Books for Keeps now serves students in 20 elementary schools in four counties, um, including all 14 Athens-Clark County elementary schools um, for the first time this year. So um, during a typical school year, and I can kind of get into what has, has transpired this school year, Books for Keeps has book distributions in all schools. Um, so where each student is able to come to their school's media center um, and choose any 12 books that they want to keep. So they're able to select these new books right before summer and they get to keep them forever. Um, and so we now serve over 9,000 students and have given away over a half, um, half million books in the 10 years um, since the organization started. So I guess just kind of to what I just referred to, I have to note, um, because I say a typical school year, um, the Books for Keeps, which, which this one was not, um, the Books for Keeps staff has been um, absolutely incredible and worked tirelessly to really reinvent book distributions this year, um, since we're obviously unable to be in schools to make sure that the, that the students are still getting access to these books at an even more critical time with, with being out of with being out of school buildings for, for so long now. So they set up um, actually a, a website, um, had volunteers and, and different people working to set up a website where students can actually go and kind of order their books and worked with obviously like the Clark County School District and um, different partners and volunteers to make a safe kind of ordering process in their in the process of, of fulfilling these orders and then getting them out to schools and families um, throughout the next month. So that alone, I think, has taught me so much, just the way that they were able to innovate and, and, and take what could have been a really terrible situation and, and turn it around. Um, and so I guess, um, you know, getting back into um, how I became involved in Books for Keeps too, um, kind of like what Rob was saying, I knew immediately after learning about the organization, its mission, that I 
love to be a part of it. So I come from a family of educators and have been an avid reader since I was really young. So I believe that reading really played a huge part in my early development. And so the mission was just one that I felt incredibly passionate about. Um, and so my work specifically, kind of in addition to serving on the board and attending monthly board meetings, um, each board member was encouraged to serve on a couple of different committees. So I served on the marketing committee um, where we planned and developed fundraising campaigns throughout the year um, using different channels like email, social media, um, letters. And um, so I was able to ex leverage my experience in marketing um, to help that organization there. Um, and then I was also part of our community development committee. So it consisted of planning fundraising events and also taking part in events where we had the opportunity to have you know, informational booths just to, um, to let people know about the organization. So um, in addition to that, took part in volunteering in our warehouse, um, which is where all of the books are um, kept and stored and sorted um, and eventually boxed up and delivered to schools on a normal, on a normal year. Um, for book distributions and then also last year I was able to, to take part in book distributions which um, is a magical experience honestly um, it, it's it's just it's so joyful um, to see to see these children um, their excitement and their, the joy that they get from being able to pick out these books so um, well, I'm bummed we didn't get to do it this year um, obviously and um, this will continue for for years to come so if you're in Athens I highly recommend checking out a book distribution and volunteering for that. So. I distinctly remember getting new books when I was in elementary school. So I, it, that is sort of gets imprinted. You know, you open a new book and you smell, <laughs> smelling new books. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was an important, sort of important piece of ordering the books and getting the books, yeah. Yeah, what was it, the um, uh, Scholastic Book Fair that would come in? Yes, set up yes. the library? That was, like, yeah. the most yeah. exciting time of year. So the, yep. this is honestly kind of like it, like we set up books on tables and um, in different areas, and so they get to come into the media center with their class, and um, they have 20 minutes to pick out, to choose their own books, and that's another huge part is being able for them to actually self-select so that they're... Um, excited about what they're reading and excited about what they're bringing home to really instill um, hopefully that love of learning from an early age. So. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it is awesome. So it sounds like, you know, you two had a sort of a specific interest and were able to sort of work with an organization that you wanted to work with. So Andrew, can you talk a little bit about that application and selection process that you managed to, to match our students up? One thing that makes our nonprofit board fellows initiative different than others other programs that that do a, something similar is that our students serve longer so most mba board fellows programs you're serving a year and, and that's really in my opinion too short for you to have meaningful impact and, and i think our, our students that participate agree so our students actually serve for the duration of their MBA tenure. So, so it's a nearly two year commitment. Um, in June or July, uh, I will send the application out to incoming MBA students. Um, before that, I reach out to the organizations to ensure that they want to continue their, um, this relationship for another year. And, and most do. Some opt out for a year, just depending on what they have going on in the organization. 
uh, maybe they're they're pivoting in an unexpected direction and, and need to sit out for a year, and that's fine. These things happen. Um, our students, incoming MBA students, apply the summer before they start. You guys will read a description of all the organizations that come out with the application materials. Um, you will list your top three. Um, a number of our students, you know, don't have a top three. Maybe there's just one organization that they'd want to serve with. And, and then, you know, none of the other organizations really resonate with that individual and, and that's totally fine. Um, so you list the one, two or three organizations that you'd like to um, be considered for. I forward those applications to the respective nonprofits and then they make the matches. So, um, you know, it's not really our job to assume what the organization needs as, as far as building their bench and, and developing their board. We let either the executive director of the nonprofit or um, the uh, board chair will make that decision and make those matches. Often what they'll do is interview the, the finalists. Um, maybe they, they can't decide between the top two or three, and, and so they might interview um, to, to make the final match. And, and that's what it looks like from there. Um, our students uh, serve, again, up until you graduate, the first semester, so your first full semester in the MBA program, you're legitimately busy with the job search, with uh, academics, everything kind of flying at you at a thousand miles an hour. So that first semester year is, is really a gentle onboarding process where you're just meant to attend board meetings and events and, and just observe. But that second semester, so January onward, you're meant to be a full uh, working board member. Most of our students are set up as non-voting board members. The, the Latin for that is an ex officio board member. And that means non-voting. And, and the reason for that is that's easier to make the non-MBA board fellows initiative work within the parameters of a nonprofit's bylaws. So, so that's an ability to make this work without having to change your bylaws. So it's an easier sell for our organizations um, to, to have our students serve as non-voting board members, but, but you're considered a, a board member in, in every other aspect. And a lot of our organizations make it work. Um, they see the value of our students uh, sitting on the board and, and they have our student um, be selected as a fully voting board member. So Jillian and Robert on to education nonprofits, but there's a range of nonprofits in Athens. Can you just name and talk about a few of the other ones that, that people have an opportunity to work with? Selecting who wants to participate is always a challenge. I, I get inquiries from organizations who have heard about this and, and want to participate throughout the year. And, and that's exciting. Um, but we have a number of Athens, uh, most well-regarded nonprofits participating, and, and within that, more specifically, a, a lot of our local nonprofit leaders are participating in this, and that makes a rich experience for our students who are participating. So just to highlight a few, we have the Athens Area Community Foundation as somebody who's participated every year that we've done this. Um, you know, sometimes the, they've decided that they want three board member, uh, two or three board members at a time, and, and that's totally okay. Um, Sarah McKinney, their director, 
is, is an incredibly dynamic local leader. The community foundation, you know, does what a community foundation does. Um, and, and that's serve as a wealth uh, engine, just kind of help centralize and streamline philanthropy locally, like a community, like a community foundation does in, in most um, cities that, that have one. Um, we also have Athens Cine, which is uh, our local nonprofit uh, art house movie theater um, situated in downtown Athens. Cine recently um, took the ambitious step of uh, taking ownership of their building. So going from leaseholder to mortgage payer was a really bold step for any nonprofit to do locally, but especially one that now owns property downtown. That, that was an incredibly ambitious step for them to take. And um, most of our students who participate with all of organizations, as, as Jillian said, will step into a committee or two or subcommittee or two. Um, not all of these boards have that. So our, our students just act within the existing infrastructure of these boards and, and of course can make suggestions. Uh, on how to more efficiently run the board. Um, we also have Athens Pride, that's, that's one of our organizations. We have uh, Extra Special People, and, and that's a local nonprofit that works with uh, individuals with intellectual disabilities. And, and one thing they've done recently as a, as a revenue generator and, and a way for um, individuals they serve to get some vocational education and support they have started a kiosk selling coffee to local businesses called Java Joy. In the past year, they've actually expanded Java Joy to other locations, uh, starting out on a, a franchise model. Um, so there's now Java Joy San Francisco that started right here in, in Athens, actually Watkinsville, one city over, but the Athens Metro. And actually, G the director of Books for Keeps, where Jillian served, um, got her started Extra Special People. And again, Sarah Whitaker, a very dynamic local nonprofit leader, runs Extra Special People. We also have the Athens Community Council on Aging. They run Meals for Wheels and, and 20 other programs for seniors here. Um, we have the uh, Athens Area Career Academy, which is an alternative vocational high school for as part of the school district here. This is the one organization that's not technically a nonprofit, but they are governed as one. So and they wanted to be part of this and, and there's a clear fit for MBA students there. Um, so that was a no brainer for us. And, and we also have the uh, local chapter of the American Red Cross of Northeast Georgia. So again, we've had 17 or 18 organizations that have participated, you know, 15 are actively participating now, still finalizing headcount for this upcoming application cycle. But this is an exciting thing. The thing that excites me the most is deploying MBA students as a force for good in our community, in our very small community, which again has a 38% poverty rate and, and thus a big need. Um, you know, MBAs aren't conventionally thought of as people who are seeking out opportunities to contribute, you know, outside of a corporate context. And, and this is exciting for me because, I mean, 98% of the feedback that I get is overwhelmingly positive from 
our uh, local nonprofit leaders and, and their board members. Um, they love you guys. And, and um, that's been my favorite aspect is, is seeing our MBA students kind of challenge the preconceived notions that a lot of people might have of who an MBA student is, really digging into the organizations where they serve and, and advancing the institutional mission. And I think you're right, Andrew, having that community service requirement that we've had for many, many years, it really sort of set the stage for also attracting the type of students that want to be involved in, in, in opportunities like this. So it definitely was, we were, I think we were ready for it, and it's been a great add-on to the program. Um, but as students, uh, you all are pretty busy, um, as Andrew alluded to, so I'd like to hear, uh, I think it would benefit people to hear a little bit about sort of how did you balance everything out? Because you were also both graduate assistants. So you had uh, courses and graduate assistant requirement and recruiting and also this. So uh, how, what was your time commitment to your organizations? And, and uh, if you talk some about how you balance it all. Using your calendar helps out a lot. Um, <laughs> and to, Microsoft to do definitely helped me. So like, like Andrew mentioned, I think the first semester, uh, at least my nonprofit board was very um, helpful in understanding uh, that I was busy and working to get acquainted with the new MBA lifestyle and trying to find an internship and trying to get used to the new academic, uh, academic, the, the academic rigor. And so, I mean, the executive director of my nonprofit made it seem or made it heard multiple times during the first semester that I shouldn't even worry about having to uh, do anything other than just come to the board meetings and sit and listen and take in. And um, so the first semester was maybe about an hour or two a month. Like it really wasn't that bad um, since Andrew kind of properly vets the executive directors and lets them know how intense the first semester is. Um, so that was really nice. But as soon as the second semester started and I had kind of been onboarded and had asked my questions and understood the process of the organization, um, early on in January, um, we sat down with, I sat down with the executive director and um, the president of the board. And we kind of thought through what the project would be that I would be working on during the next year and decided on um, the technology piece. And so, I kind of was given full range after that to say, um, to go out and um, find the website, find the way that we were gonna create the website and then and execute on it. And so the way that I managed that time, I mean, I, I tried to work on it um, about an hour or two a week, just trying to, um, and really it, it didn't probably even get up to that much, maybe an hour every other two weeks. And then towards the end, I really ramped up when I was kind of putting the finishing touches on it just trying to get it uh, wrapped up. But um, every time it was funny, the, the executive director, her name was CJ. She's the sweetest person ever. She was always, always saying that um, school comes first and academics come first. And so she was very understanding of that. And so when my project actually kind of pushed in to the summer um, during my internship uh, and she said, well, you know, the first deadline was kind of like May and that wasn't necessarily going to work because, um, you know, the process of the project had taken a little bit longer than expected. So she was absolutely available to kind of push it back and we didn't have to get it live until really um, push the website live until maybe 
September. So she was like, well, that's okay. Let's just get it, you know, pushed back a little bit. Um, so she was very understanding and, and helpful from that uh, perspective. And, you know, knowing that I had all these other things going on and trying to, you know, find an internship and, and get that locked down and then start the internship. So from my experience, the time commitment was uh, not pressing. Um, and given that my first year I was a graduate, graduate assistant in the uh, MBA admissions program and the CMC, uh, I kind of had a leg up on everybody else because I was, you know, getting direct feed of information from all my advisors, which was awesome. So while I was working, I got to do the the networking and extracurricular piece or the additional piece of getting advice. Um, so I kind of had a leg up from that sense. But overall, I mean, I my my board was very understanding and, and flexible when it came to the project that I was working on. Um, and I think that gave me the ability to put in the time that I wanted to with it and create a product that they were happy with, which eventually they were, I mean, they were very happy with it and, um, they've, you know, continued to praise, uh, probably too much. So, uh, but it's, it was overall, I mean, very, very, um, uh, I was very much able to, to manage it all. Like Rob, um, my executive director, her name's Leslie, um, and the staff, small but mighty staff of three, um, they were also incredibly understanding um, and very aware that um, I was an MBA student and did have a lot going on, but, um, and I think appreciated when I was able to recognize what I was able to commit to versus what I what I couldn't just because of all that I knew that I had on my plate. Um, and so I guess from a time commitment for me um, with the board meetings and then kind of the couple uh, committees I was involved in, I was probably going to a meeting three out of the four weeks um, a month um, and then either into doing things on the side, such as reviewing, um, you know, kind of campaign materials that might be going out or um, for a fundraising event that we had in January, I was um, calling um, different businesses in the city to kind of get donations for silent auctions that we were doing. So it kind of just depended, I think, on the month on um, if, if an event was coming up, um, what was going on. But there is a lot to juggle, um, as Rob said. So I think it's just, especially in that first semester, you are thrown a lot, uh, but it really teaches you time management like you like never before. Um, and you're really able to prioritize things. And I think for me, kind of coming back to Georgia, University of Georgia for a second time, um, one of the things that I was really excited about and that um, I know that Dee and I kind of briefly even talked about it in my in my interview for the program was was being able to get involved in the in the community um, much more so I think than what I was involved in from an undergrad perspective so was involved in different organizations in undergrad but I think that were more centered on on UGA and kind of kept within within the campus. So I knew that Books for Keeps and, and the nonprofit board fellows program was something that I that I really wanted to be involved in and, and was at the top of my priority list as well. So um, you will hear a lot throughout your time at Georgia um, that you really get out of the program what you put into it. And I think that this is kind of one of those areas um, that I was so thankful that I had the opportunity to, to be a part of and um, something I'll take away for, um, for many aspects. Um, and I'm just really, really glad I got to um, be a part of Book of Keeps. Let me jump in here and add. So we have, um, each year we have honor, MBA honor graduates, and, and that's um, based on GPA and other academic credentials for graduating MBAs. 
of the six MBA honor graduates that we just named, four of those serve on an MBA board fellows. So it's certainly something that you can work into your everyday life here as an MBA student and excel in all areas. You know, what we say when I put out the application, I name the time commitment as about six hours a month. So if you can do six hours a month outside of the, the, the meeting and, that, and give that six hours a month to the organization, that's enough of commitment um, if, if that's where you're averaging out to, to really contribute as a board member. And Andrew, what do you see as, you know, since you, you also sort of did your own nonprofit board fellows program <laughs> um, and then created it, what do you think the main benefits are for our students from the program? So it, it's a way to start building and applying an MBA skill set um, outside of the internship. You don't have to wait until summer to start applying what you're learning. You can um, start digging into that now. And then in your second year, it's, it's more of the same. It's, it's an outlet between the internship and the full-time job to apply, to apply what you're learning. Rob and Jillian, would you say that's fair? It's easy for me to say, is, is that real? Yeah, uh, I mean, I can talk about, well, so from the first semester, the first year, the project that I was working on, I started in like, you know, January, February, but I was able to use that in conversations uh, for full-time employment, even though I'd already had my internship set up in December. As soon as I started working on that um that project and had developed some uh, experiences working on, you know, a technology implementation, I was able to use that in conversations within informational interviews uh, with people and, uh, you know, added it to my resume. And as well as later when I was looking for full-time employment, I could talk to those stories or that story of that project and, and building that out and asking the right questions. And so, you know, I've ended up in a consultative type of full-time position. So I think that that probably translated a little bit. Um, so I definitely think that there is real world um, applications from the, at least the project that I was working on. Um, and I guess, Andrew, what, the, the second part of your question was that, it, what was the difference between the first year and the second year? Or did I, did I miss that? Um, I mean, not really. I, I was just saying that yet another example of, yet another time in, in which you can deploy, um, build upon your MBA skill set and, and apply it outside of, academics and full-time employment, the internship? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I was definitely able to apply the, um, the MBA skill set, but also the main thing I think was that, uh, I had real world experience of, um, asking questions in a consultative manner to create a technology, um, solution for, uh, an organization like that at a high level, uh, really uh, played well in interviews and on the resume. Yeah, and I think just learning, so I've um, as volunteered with nonprofits in the past, but getting to actually sit on a board, um, setting committee meetings with the executive director and really see how um, nonprofits and, and board meetings are run, um, I think was incredibly, incredibly valuable experience um, just to, um, I think, observe how um, my executive director led. Um, I took a lot away from her. Um, and just kind of as from a board capacity, kind of 
learning what kind of questions to ask or, or what boards really should be looking for. Um, and so I think that I just gained a lot of, um, gained a lot from as well. Um, so it sounds like they're both personal and professional benefits, right? So it's kind of a, a, a double action thing for people. So that's really, really good to hear. Um, it's good to hear that it's, it's actually um, having the outcomes we intended and hoped for our students. <laughs> um, and it sounds like the two-year opportunity is really to benefit our students. So do you both feel that that was advantageous to be sitting on the board for two years? Or did you, you know, did it seem like too long? Or did it seem like it really gave you an opportunity to, to have a greater impact? I think the two-year timeline w was advantageous. Um, I think that especially in that first semester, as you're getting to know everything about the MBA program and then also getting to know your nonprofit, um, there's just kind of um, uh, that learning curve. So I think that to be able to kind of have that learning curve in that first semester and really that first year um, and be able to come back second year take everything that you have learned um, and just kind of get more involved in the organization um, and I think also just afforded the opportunity for you to get to know the staff better um, and the other board members better as well um, and so just having have, having that kind of to your horizon a lot for a great experience. I'd echo everything that Jillian said but I think one of the things that specifically benefited the nonprofit that I worked for and I think other nonprofits did the same was that I was on for one year, you know, the first year on board and learned about the process. And then the second year, we actually had another MBA board fellow come on um, who was a first year student. And so I kind of uh, worked with him to help him uh, understand the process. And he, we sat on board meetings together. Um, and so having that kind of overlap between the board fellows was very helpful for the first year student to for me to help them understand the process because kind of the FFE some of the stuff is a little convoluted but um, just because they have this entire background organizational process that uh, takes a little bit of time to, to get up and understand but especially for the uh, the board they had me coming on the first year and that was the ramp up of uh, knowledge took a while but because we were overlapped their new MBA board fellow has already pretty much knows everything and he's onboarded much faster and is now able to really jump into his project of taking them a step further with the technology piece. So I think that was a huge benefit as well, being a MBA board fellow for the FFE for two years so that I could then in my second year um, help the first year come on and, and understand the organization internally. Now, it, the, both of you are also, and I get, I get questions about a few things during admissions interviews, one of which is nonprofit board fellows, but the other thing I get a lot of questions about, um, as well as community service, is is being a graduate assistant. So, in, in some ways, both of you took on two jobs while also being an MBA student while you were in the program, um, and that's a, a you know another workload. So, can you talk a little bit about being a graduate assistant? What that meant for each of you? Again, what that time commitment was, and and sort of uh, back to balance as well, but a little bit more about those roles. So my first year, I was a graduate assistant within the MBA program. So I was working with the CMC uh, to do some administrative work and help out with planning and scheduling and getting events all set up. And also, um, I managed the newsletter. Uh, so that was my first year uh, experience. And 
I'd say that, well, first of all, it was an incredible experience for myself, but the time commitment probably wasn't as, as much. And so the first year it was, it was good for me to have that set up so that I could focus on, again, getting ramped up. Uh, I think we've mentioned a couple of times that the first year is uh, definitely more difficult, but the second year I got involved with an organization called the Archway Partnership. So this is a, um, a organization within UGA under um, the Public Service and Outreach Department um, or arm of the university. And their specific goal is to work with handpicked about six or seven communities or counties within the state of Georgia and provide um, free services. Well, it's not necessarily free. The counties will pay some money, but connect them with students and uh, professors from the university to help solve problems within their county. So a lot of the projects that the Archway Partnership works on are to help uh, create and plan um say a park system within a county like they'll get that developed or they'll renovate something uh, and specifically with them i was actually working on an evaluation plan for archway the organization itself and so luckily my experience was similar to my experience with my nonprofit board and that i had a project that i could essentially work from home uh, so on my computer i was doing a lot of data analysis for archway um, but Archway itself requires its graduate students uh, about 13 hours a week. So uh, that was definitely a an increase in my time commitment each week. Uh, and I still had the nonprofit board, uh, the foundation to, to work with. And um, the time commitment was definitely increased my second year when I started working for, for Archway. But I think Additionally, luckily, the foundation, I had finished my project, the, the website project, and so I was kind of slowing down with them, and it really worked well, um, So, and I was moving into more of a senior role with the, with the foundation board, uh, and that I was starting to just really just train up the first-year student, but um, the time commitment, commitment was, was more and was difficult to, to manage uh, all of it, but... I started doing Microsoft Tat to do. I talked about it earlier. I had a subsection for each one of my things. It was academics. Each class had something. Uh, the foundation had a, a sub uh, folder, and, and the Archway had a subfolder, and I had all my tasks organized within each one of those. And so they would all pop up each day, and I knew what I really needed to get done, which was great. Um, but I think I'm I have an interesting experience just because I was able to work from from home most of the time on most of the stuff, just cause I was, everything that I was, both of my projects were online or I could, could be done from my computer. So I benefited in that sense, but you know, with the archway, one of the things too, um, and I think any graduate assistant ship that I've heard of, except for maybe the SBDC, not trying to throw any shade there, but I think they're pretty strict with their hours in the office. Archway was very flexible with my time. They said academics come first, so I could always focus on that. So I had two organizations, the foundation and the Arch Archway, who were both like, listen, we want you to get your project done, um, but we believe that academics come first and you know, you need to get all that done. So luckily I had those two awesome organizations helping me out and, and promoting me and benefiting me in that way. So I was able to get it done, um, but yeah, Microsoft to do definitely helped. <laughs> and Jillian, what about you? Yeah, so I was a graduate assistant in the uh, risk management department. So I actually worked for 
two professors and my role was really, I guess, really revolved around a lot of grading and test time, um, exam time. So um, helping them get grades entered in, organizing tests for office hours, um, really kind of just what they what they needed to do to to help them I guess stay organized and get and get feedback back to students as quickly as possible um and so my time commitment was really I guess bunched up in different weeks so but I knew ahead of you know at the beginning of the semester what were the exam times what were going to be the busy times so that I could kind of plan accordingly um and, and they were wonderful to work with um and also yeah people are very understanding if about all that you have going on in the MBA program, but um, I hopefully was able to help them in, in their task as well. Um, I think I have sort of two final questions for each of you. So the first one would be, if you had it to do all over again, would you have done anything differently? And the second question would be, what advice would, do you have for incoming students? I think my advice would be, Something that Jillian actually mentioned earlier, and maybe somebody else mentioned earlier than that. Um, but this is something that I've told incoming students, prospective students who have um, called me to ask about the program and like ask about which program should I go to? You know, I'm interested in these different ones and what about rankings and all that kind of stuff. And generally, my advice to them has been and will continue to be that the MBA program is what you make it. And I know that that's a cliche, but it truly is um, is such a truth. If you put in the effort and if you get involved and you take this two year period to put your full 110% effort into it, that is going to pay so many more dividends to you in the long run than just trying to get in and get out and get your job. Because uh, I think a lot of people have done that and yes they are successful and yes they have uh you know the job that they wanted from the beginning but i can imagine that they you know did not have as good as a, an experience as somebody who got involved with the nonprofit board or uh, with a different graduate assistantship or getting involved in uh, some of the clubs that are a part of the mba program um, and all the other variety of different op opportunities, experiential learning, um, which I know they're too required, but you can do more, I guess. Uh, but that would be the biggest piece of advice. And if I had to do it all over again, answering the second question, um, I would just do more. I mean, I, I, I would try to do, I would try to do more if I could, uh, granted, I, I think I did push myself because I had that mindset coming into it, but there are points where you kind of get burnt out and you kind of have to sit back and say, well, okay, well, should I do this? Uh, but thinking about it from just the two year period, I mean, it's such a short time period and you can, you can run as fast as you can for two years and, uh, and really get an incredible experience. So, you know, I don't know if there's anything in, in particular that I'd do over if I could do it again. Um, I think it was an incredible time and I, you know, I loved every minute of it. I wish I could go back to the beginning and do it all over again, but uh, I think, you know, the biggest thing is just putting your full effort into it. And I mean, showing yourself truly what you can do. I think that's one of the coolest things about it is if you put your full effort into it, you look back and you're like, wow, I just crushed it. That's awesome. That was a really cool experience. And I now have that, you know, underneath my belt and I know what I can do. I know my, my potential. Um, so I think that's a really important thing, at least going into an MBA program. 
That was so well said, Rob. <laughs> I don't know how much I would add on. I guess in that same vein for for Georgia and for the program, um, one of the advantages of it being a smaller cohort is also getting to know your class and each other. And I think that's something that I would just also highlight um, is to take advantage of those relationships that you're going to build um, with your classmates, with the staff, with your professors. Um, it's just, I think a smaller program affords you the opportunity to do that just to kind of in a different way. So, and then I think just in thinking about kind of the nonprofit board fellows in, in the Athens community, even if you decide that maybe the, the, the program is the nonprofit program isn't something that you might um, want to be interested, you know, are interested in to still figure out ways to, I guess, get involved and volunteer or attend events that would help you get involved in the Athens community. Cause I think that it's super valuable just to, um, just to get plugged in in, in that realm as well. Um, and so I think looking back from the program specifically, like I wish that I had um, encouraged my classmates to maybe, uh, come to more events um, or book distributions last year. I had planned on it this year. Obviously couldn't have predicted what was going to happen, but um, that's just something that I think um, uh, making sure that people know all the all the different opportunities that are out there. And obviously there are those, those kind of the service learning or the, um, sorry, service hours requirement, but to just try to make it, um, you know, just as, as meaningful and impactful as possible. So. Uh, Jillian just in her infinite wisdom has just reminded me of something or made me realize something that I would do over again. And that would be getting my MBA peers more involved with my nonprofit. I think that that was something that I wanted to do from the beginning, but you know, it fell to the wayside. And so I think that getting them involved, helping them get volunteer hours, um, connecting them with the the resources that I was a part of would have been, should have, could have been a a much bigger part of my experience with with the nonprofit board. So I definitely would do that over again if I could. Okay. And Andrew, any final thoughts from you about all of this? I mean, I would say if if you're thinking about applying to MBA board fellows, you can reach out to me anytime and we can have a conversation to assess if it's a good fit for you. There are a number of ways to plug in um, to Athens once you're here. I, I would say, you know, the, the thing that people get out of board fellows is the continuity that you're doing this, you know, concurrently with your entire degree program. That continuity is valuable. I I think your um, continued involvement with the organization as you really aggressively develop yourself in the MBA program over the course of two years is a nice touch point and a nice way to assess your growth as you go through the program. I do highly recommend it. (laughs) It was incredible. Agreed. Well, that's our show today. Thank you to Andrew, Jillian, and Rob for joining me so that our incoming students and prospective candidates can have a better idea of how they could benefit from and do good by participating in the nonprofit board fellows program. Thank you to everyone for listening. We're going to put a link to more info about the program in our show notes. If you have suggestions for future topics, please let us know. You can always reach us at georgiamba at uga.edu or visit our website at terry.uga.edu slash mba slash full-time. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our YouTube playlist. Those links are in our show notes. In a future episode, I'll be talking with Sarah McKinney, the Executive Director of the Athens Area Community Foundation, one of our nonprofit board partners. She'll be talking about her work with the foundation and how it supports Athens Area nonprofits and individuals. Until then, take care. Please stay safe. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to hearing from you, and go dogs. Go dogs.